are 40 clubs like ours in Europe, and we are all part of an umbrella organization called uh, Organisation Générale des Amateurs de l'Eurovision. Oui. Um, so there are similar fan clubs. So we're, we're one of the biggest. We're not the biggest, I don't think, but we today we have something like 500 and 50 active members in the Swedish club. If I did my research rightly, you get tickets also to Eurovision, to the actually events. Yes, the official fan clubs, which we are, uh, receive a, a ticket allocation. I mean, we don't always get as many as we want, but uh, there are st- standing places and seats reserved for the fan club. It explains a lot, but it's because it explains, in my mind, all those sometimes almost over-enthusiastic fans that you see <laughs> with waving flags, and now I know where they come from. And the idea of standing places, I think, was first introduced in Malmö in 2013. I, I may be wrong about this, but uh, I wasn't in Baku. I was in Dusseldorf 2011, and, and then it was seats for everybody. So I think the standing room uh, was introduced in Malmö because the arena in Malmö is not that big. It can, it can seat about 10,000. Yeah. depending on the size of the stage. So it was a way of increasing the capacity. And also, of course, it makes for good television because you've got cameras zooming in on the fans uh, just front of stage uh, and heightens the atmosphere, yes. So so you've been to one of those finals. Is it as fun? You know how they say when you make movies that it's a lot of, about standing around and waiting. When you see it on TV, those finals, it looks like one gigantic three-hour, four-hour party. Is it really like that? Yes, it is. Um, uh, <laughs> I've been lucky enough to get seats in the stand, but also um, I've I've also uh, been standing in in that crowd down front, and it is one big party. I mean, uh, and and you you mix. I mean, the nationalities are mixed, and everybody supports uh, each other, uh, regardless of what you might have thought of, of of a particular song from a particular country. Mm. Uh, on the night, we all sing along each other's songs. It's uh, <laughs> Uh, great fun. But now, if you're a member, <coughs> excuse me, if you're a member of your club and you didn't get tickets to the finals, but you actually are still in Sweden, you still have quite a lot of events going around the Eurovision finals. Well, this year in particular, um, because not so many uh, chose to to travel to Kiev. Um, I think this was partly because of there have been some organisational difficulties in you in the Ukraine. Um, and it was unclear for a very long time what arrangements would be made for the fans. Um, so the ticket allocation wasn't finalised until very late in the day. Mm. So I think a lot of a lot of us uh, had given up and decided not to to go at all. I mean, everything did fall into place in the end, and even the even the activities for the fans in Kiev were finally arranged. Um, but a lot of people are staying at home, and yes, there's going to be a big party in Stockholm. Mm. Um, I live in Malmö in the south, so I'm going to to a similar uh, event in Copenhagen, um, which the Danish fan club um, is arranging. Mm. Um, and then we have parties during the year as well. We have an annual party uh, at a different venue around the country in association with the um, Uh, at the same time as the annual general meeting of the club. Uh, And then there are various local events during the year as well. Ah, so lots of parties in the Melody (laughs) Festival Club. 
Well, a lot of a lot of fans are very nerdy. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> like statistics. <laughs> we like ranking things. So we might have a theme for for a, a particular um, evening. For instance, in the run up to a um, to a Eurovision in a particular year, we'll think, okay, let's go through all the songs from next year's host country and um, decide which one we like best. Ah. So we'll see old video clips. Um, so that's one idea. <laughs> and then uh, for a couple of years, there was a so-called uh, gala evening or schlager gala. Um, what sort of crazy things do we think of then? Well, vote for the who were the... the which were the worst dressed acts okay. uh, from a particular year or uh, what has been the most um, uh, catastrophic uh, disaster to happen technically and, and all this sort of thing. And we, and we find video clips from, from Eurovision ever since it started, way back in the 50s. Peter, do you describe yourself as a slogan nerd? Do you know the statistics? <laughs> No, I, there are there are people who who, who uh, know an awful lot more than me. I, I I've always had for for many years I had a very ambivalent attitude to both the the selection process, the the Swedish selection process, Melody Festival, and to Eurovision itself. And I remember one of the first uh, Eurovisions I saw in the late fifties back home in Britain. And I was a teenager then, and of course it wasn't very cool. Uh, you know, yeah. this was the era when rock and roll was um, coming to the fore. And as a teenager, uh, you know, Eurovision seemed a bit stuffy even then. Yeah. So <laughs> my own interest has, has gone in waves. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've become more of a fan um, since um, 2000. I could say I could put a date on it. 2000. Your English and. You have been for, I find, we, we talked to you before, you've lived for 40 years in, in Sweden. Then Probably then you can explain to me how come for, for a lot of people the home of pop music, England, does so terrible at Eurovision? Well, they used to do very well and they used to um, write very good um, pop songs. Uh, um, and for the first 50 or so years of Eurovision, I think, the United Kingdom uh, was in the top three more than 20 times. Oh. But, but since then, um, since then, uh, they, they, I don't know what's happened, really. <laughs> whether songwriters have lost interest or whether the BBC has lost interest. No. They don't seem to make much of an effort. And, and the, um, the song which is selected, um, or the, the program, uh, or the little competition that they have, it, it's on at a very odd time on a Saturday afternoon, um, uh, not on the main channel anymore. Mm. Um, uh, and so I don't think they have a very big audience for it um, in the UK. Do you but think... The, the, yes, UK, the UK fans are, are, are as enthusiastic as, uh, as anyone else in Europe. Mm. Now, do you feel when you looking at Sweden and compared to other European countries, are we more Eurovision crazy Sweden as a country than a lot of those other countries? I think so, but um, Sweden has exported a lot of um, a lot of ideas to other countries, and you you see a lot of Swedish influence in Eurovision today. I think that's like partly what? because. Uh, well, a, a lot of Swedish songwriters uh, have written entries for other countries. Yeah. Um, 
And also, uh, when in Sweden the Melody Festival um, went over to this idea of arranging heats, um, you know, the tour, were, yeah, yeah, these programs, these programs were were broadcast from are broadcast from different cities each each yeah. week. And um, some other countries have begun to to adopt the same idea, so that um, uh, particularly in the Baltic states, for example, uh, Lithuania it goes on forever. They have a much longer process even than Sweden. Oh my God! I didn't know it could be longer. <laughs> I, I think the, the Eurovision is is um, much more important in smaller countries in Europe. That it helps. It's a way of. Um, showcasing um, that country's popular music. Um, so I think it's very, very, it's more important for, for smaller countries uh, than, say, the United Kingdom and Germany and, uh, and the bigger nations. Will Sweden beat England this year? And what, is, what do you think of the chances of the Swedish, the Swedish singer compared to the other competition? Where do you think he will end up? The Swedish entry, I'm sure, will go to the final. Um, I, I, I would say top 10, but um, uh, I wouldn't put it higher than that. Um, I expect, actually, the United Kingdom to do well this year. At least I hope so. They have a very good uh, singer. Yeah. Um, the song perhaps doesn't actually really take off, but she does a good performance. Uh, okay, we haven't... Um, I, I've seen a, a few clips from Kiev now from the rehearsals and, and um, the UK haven't um, had their turn yet. But um, the studio version sounds sounds very good compared with some of the other female singers. Who will win? Well, everybody's saying Italy is going to win. Um, I'm not very fond of that particular song. Um, they have a singer with... Uh, uh, and they have an ape on stage or somebody dressed up as a gorilla. I really don't see the point of that. <laughs> Everybody says it's going to win. It's not my favorite at all. Hmm. Um, I, I prefer Belgium, um, although they apparently did not have a very good first rehearsal. So we'll see how things work out.